Hola, como estas, my amigos? Hola. <laughs> the Soul Brew Podcast. This is season two, episode three. Yes. Yes, it is. And Aiden shall tell you what coffee we are drinking today. Hola, my friend. <laughs> I feel like there was like big hats on us and stuff. Uh, Okay, guys, so today I am drinking coffee by Daniel Harbett, who owns Sumo Coffee Roasters in Dublin. Um, I met Daniel last year through Nico from Berlin Coffee Roasters. Um, Daniel is a, a world coffee tasting champion, So, and then he started to get into roasting, and his kind of market, I suppose, is really high-end coffees, like really good and... Uh, rare stuff um, so when I was working in the cafe we had Daniel as our first guest roaster um, and he gave me this little bag of coffee as a thank you for myself for get, getting them organized for getting them in and so it's uh, from Colombia and it's, called, it's from El Obrahi uh, farm in the region is Narnio um, it's a geisha I don't know if he has this still um, so you can have a look on his website if he does have it. So it's uh, Colombian El Obrahi. Um, but if he doesn't, you'll definitely find something um, amazing there. And again, he's very good at like, he's very good at replying to messages and stuff. So like this bag of coffee is 150 grams. Um, so right away, I just asked him for a recipe because I didn't want to be wasting anything because uh, it's such a valuable bag of coffee. Um, so you check him out. Uh, his name's Daniel Horbit. The his company's called Sumo Coffee Roasters. Um, a really good coffee. Very good. So, in today we are. Well, we didn't name the the podcast. I suppose we oh. just name it Positive Intelligence. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. yeah so we are. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> We are going to be discussing positive intelligence. So those of you who listened to an episode in the first season called Decisions, 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 will know that we talked to Maura Dolan uh, and Aidan will expand a little bit on her and what she does. And she led us down the path of positive intelligence and a course that we did, which was a six-week course just during the summer there. Um, and Aidan, would you like to explain why, who Mara is and what the course entailed? Yes, yeah, so Mara um, is a business psychologist. And just like keeping in line with, um, with the podcast about having better conversations and kind of developing relationships and stuff, the conversation that we had with Mara actually went that well, that it opened up the opportunity for us to partake in this course that she was running. Um, and the course is run by, um, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name probably, by this guy called Chazard. And he's developed this course on positive intelligence. And how it works is you do this questionnaire, which tells you about your top three saboteurs, which are like, you know, the three reactions to things or the three things that kind of you think help you, but actually are hindering you. And you generally yeah, so there's yeah. <clears throat> there 10 saboteurs in total in this yeah. so you do a test that identifies the top three which are holding you back 
And I suppose I can run through the 10 now, actually, quickly, yeah. while we're going to have it. You, um, you do the course, or you do the questionnaire, which kind of tells you what your top three are, and then the course is sort of designed to help you um, tackle them and help to rewire your your brain to, to stop using them as your default settings, I suppose, as such. Yeah, so the 10 are... So I'll just name them and give like a one-liner on each of them. And we'll go into detail in a few more in a while. But one is an avoider. So that would be someone who avoids conflict at all costs. A controller. So someone who has the strong urge to be in charge of everything. A hyper-achiever. So someone who is super competitive and their image and their status would be dependent on that. Hyper-rational which would be an intense and active mind, sometimes coming across as intellectually arrogant. Hypervigilant is someone who is always quite anxious and with chronic doubts about themselves and others. Then there is the pleaser, who has a strong need to be liked and loved by others. Uh, Restless, who is someone that gets easily distracted and very scattered. There is a stickler, so that's all about perfectionism and, and that type of stuff. A victim, who is someone that tends to play the victim, so they tend to be, you know, as if everything is bad happens to them as such. So that's the 10. Um, and basically the six-week program was you identify your top three, then it was like a six week sort of, you did a weekly reflection, you did daily exercises that were guided by an app. So the app is free to download and you do a daily uh, guide on that. So we, what was it? It was like a th- two minutes, two to three minutes, three times a day or four times a day, wasn't it? It's kind of like, it's the thing, I suppose you, get your basis in the morning, what the focus is for the day. And then throughout the day, then at certain intervals, you have like this little reminder that pops up and you have an exercise to do. And the thing, the whole thought behind it is rather than trying to do everything all in one chunk, it's about taking two minutes out throughout the day to keep, to keep yourself focused on what you're trying to tackle that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is and then- how like you can justify not taking two minutes for yourself and the app is, is there to try and remind you to do that, you yeah. know? It's like a lot of things I would read about meditation is people that say they don't have time to take two minutes out to meditate are probably the people that need to meditate more than others. Most, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with that, we also were part of a group. So there were six of us embarking on this journey together. Uh, myself and Aiden were two of those, and then there was four others of similar sort of age cross, weren't they? Yeah, yeah and we just together and we had we had weekly check in chats and what we had learned what we had learned about the previous weeks and sometimes we did visualizations um and we would you know just support each other throughout the whole time. It was a very like open and safe place to to talk about what you were experiencing that week uh, regarding what you were going uh, through with the app. Um, and quite challenging, actually, sometimes, like some of the exercises that we did were were not easy and 
you're obviously confronting a lot of your own behaviors that you might want to turn a blind eye to. Um, mm. Even do you want to talk about maybe kind of like your top three saboteurs and, you know, where they sit with you now as, as after doing yeah. the six weeks? Yeah. So my top three are being a stickler. So it's funny, you're kind of, you do this test, so it's like 50 questions or something, and when you're reading the top three, they kind of hit home a little bit, don't they? They're like, oh, they can be, yeah, be a hard pill to swallow, for sure, and then you obviously can't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, there's based on a little bit of science and stuff, but I wouldn't take it as complete gospel either, but there's definitely parts of it where you're like, oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm actually just funny, funny. I'm like, as we're talking here now, like I'm reading through my top one and I'm like, that actually doesn't sound like me at all. Now, you know, there's, there's little bits of it. Um, but I don't know if that's just because of the six weeks or because it's not actually fully gospel either. Of course, like anything. Or it could be that you're a little bit in denial, maybe. Yeah. No, no. Well, I, well, when we get to me, I'm going to definitely say the bits that are me, but there's definitely bits there like repressed rage results in depression. Like I do not have repressed rage. Definitely don't. Um, you do. yeah. Um, fair enough. Well, yeah, I'll get to you in a second. So it's basically, for me, it was a stickler, which is basically a perfectionist in a lot of ways and methodical thinking. So especially with me doing my research masters at the minute it's something that has made me realize and think about how i'm doing things so i think this would have been even more true years ago where like everything had to be perfect nearly but things don't have to be perfect there's very few things that have to be perfect most of the time 80 to 90 percent is more than efficient like a way to do stuff um, and it's about so being a stickler is I be highly sensitive to criticism so I definitely um, definitely that I try to work on it but I know that I find it hard to take criticism um, and a sort of strong need for self-control and self-restraint which I don't know I don't see as being that negative maybe depends on what way you look at it but Anyway, these are some of the characteristics. Then you also get a full breakdown of thoughts, feelings, justification, lies, impact on self and others. So from the impact is it can be a source of ongoing anxiety and frustration, uh, self-doubt, and yeah, I think, and causes resentment. So definitely those things run true. Um, and, and then my next slide... You should maybe like justification lies is kind of like what you tell yourself why it's okay to be that way. Um, yes. Yeah. So like for, for a stickler, like, um, it, like what it says here is that it's up to me to fix whatever mess I encounter, you know? So that's yeah. why you justify being super perfectionist. Whereas like, that's not really the truth, you know? So no. with every with yeah. every saboteur, you have a justification lie that you can tell yourself to why it's okay to be like that, or and it doesn't necessarily mm. need to be the case. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then the next one is like perfectionism is good. Plus, it makes me feel better about myself. So it's probably a matter of trying to learn to be happy without it being absolutely perfect. 
which is something that I constantly work on. The next one would be hyper-rational. So uh, that would be someone who's intense and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything, including relationships. So I would say I'd be quite a rational person. Um, So, I mean... Intellectually arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) This was actually my (laughs) look. The only thing is that with this, it says can be perceived as cold, distant, and intellectually arrogant. Maybe it could be seen as intellectually arrogant. I could probably accept that, but I don't think I'm that cold or distant, really, as a person. Um, but maybe others will will uh, differ in that opinion. But look, I suppose it's, again, it's not true in every aspect, but there's definitely things I can pick out here that are true. Um, and my third one, is controller and i definitely do like being in charge and so yeah so the justification lies for the controller example would be without the controller you can't get much done or if i don't control i will be controlled you know that type of stuff whereas i yeah i like stuff to be done so i tend to kind of take control as much as i would love to think that i'm a nice relaxed person i'm definitely a definitely a, a controller that scored pretty high on on mine as well i think it might have been like the third one and fourth one they might have been quite tied together um and again so quickly go through your your top three yeah, there so Aiden. my top three was um so victim um so mm. it's like tend to withdraw pout and sulk um fairly dramatic and temperamental which i'm actually like i'm not <laughs> no not dramatic anyway um but uh it's the feelings like tend to be bound over negative feelings for a long time again mm-hmm. see that this feel alone and lonely even when i'm around people i'm closest that wouldn't like that wouldn't be like me at all um and then like justification lies that you tell yourself as sadness is a noble and sophisticated thing that shows exceptional death insight and sensitivity maybe yeah that would probably be i would um like to think myself of someone that is that has depth to them um, then it kind of backfires so the impact on on all this is like you end up pushing people away and let's see so not nah, the rest is kind of what well the victim is some sometimes associated with childhood experience of not feeling seen and accepted uh, coming to believe that something is especially wrong with you so I like I could probably pick at that and look into it, but I haven't. Um, then my second highest one then was a pleaser, um, which is like needs to be liked by people and attempts to earn it by helping pleasing. Um, and then I can't express my own needs openly and directly because I'm kind of more focused on the needs of the other people. Um, so. Like my the thoughts are to be a good person. I should put the needs of others ahead of my own. That is, I'm definitely now that I'm going through um, this. I would nearly put that at the front instead of victim. You know, I definitely put myself second a lot of the time. Um, expressing my own needs, like I feel selfish when I do things like that. Um, and then the impact on on others is obviously you're not really explaining to other people 
what it is that you need and want um, and you kind of end up resenting them because they're not giving you what you want, but you're also not telling them what you want. So, cause you put them first. Um, so I would probably say that's pretty high on me as well. And then the third one then was the hyperachiever, which again, I would agree with. And it's like you're competitive, um, your image and status conscious, um, you adapt your personality to fit what would be most oppressive to the, um, impressive to the other. And I, we talked about this a good bit on the course. And this is mm-hmm. something that I struggle with since in my early 20s, you know, having my own very successful business. I was running it by myself. And, you know, in my later 20s now, I'm like doing things that probably are very different. Whereas like I haven't been in a one particular job for any length of time and I'm moving around a lot. And mm-hmm. so uh, my hyperachiever gets activated there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so basically, so there. Are, so look, the idea is that these saboteurs are sabotaging your happiness and also your performance and sort of daily tasks and life goals and that sort of thing. And the best thing about it was that it's not about, it's only about finding these out and getting you to realize what you're doing to yourself to sabotage yourself. And then there's a thing called SAGE which is all about turning that around. So it's learning to, so in this course, it's called the Sage Muscle. And the Sage Muscle is all about basically creating the greatest happiness and performance for yourself by counteracting these saboteurs. Sage so that's is where, it's something similar to the Stoic, really. You know, it's that, it's that inner part of you that, that flips things onto its back rather than, you know, focusing on the, on the bad. Mm-hmm. and I suppose that's probably the more important thing so the first kind of few weeks is about the saboteurs and why they're sabotaging you and about the main saboteurs and the judge yeah. the judge of yourself and others is also quite an important thing in it so it's about removing that judge judgment of self and others to then create an openness to learning and from the course Aiden what was the most potent thing that came through to you um i just uh i want to go on and explain a little bit more about the judge there so that's a part of you that like um that was the part of you like say you do something silly and you go oh and you absolute dickhead like you're so stupid for doing that the the flip side of the judge is blameless discernment and it and that's how the learning comes so it's like okay and like you kind of mess that up a little bit, but you did it because of this reason. But now the next time you do it, you know that you need to do it another way. So it's looking at, you know, instead of like right away judging yourself or others for being stupid or not competent or anything like that there, it's uh, it's uh, like when you're driving behind a car and they're driving really slow and being really uh, careful in that maybe they have a wedding cake in the back of their car or maybe they have a newborn baby or maybe they're a new driver. And when you start thinking like that, instead of just judging them as a bad driver, you kind of relax yourself as well. And the biggest thing for me was that I haven't been doing as much work on myself as I should be and haven't realized how much my saboteurs were ruling me um, for the Mm -hmm. last while. So I would have done a good bit of work on myself in my, like in my earlier twenties and 
would have read a lot of good books that would have made me aware of this. And I've kind of, I just, not that I fell away from it. I just probably just life got busy and you mm-hmm. stop reading as many books. So when, when we started working on like the judge and things like that there, I realized just how big a beast he had become again and wasn't aware of it. He's kind of like the, like the dragon, the dragon under your bed, you know, he's mm-hmm. bigger, you know, you need to go, you need to go and visit him rather than him coming to visit you. And that's what this course was all about. And I hadn't realized how much uh, time I had left him by himself. And he was, he had got quite big again. So um, mm-hmm. that was the biggest realization for me. I think Stephen, question back. Yeah, I think I love the labeling of these feelings in a very concise and sort of easily understood manner. So like, if I, I can identify these things as even as it's happening now. So like if I'm doing a, you know, an assignment or something for my college stuff now, and I'm being super stickly about it and I realize, hang on, like I have enough done here. Just take a step back for a second, take a bit of time out to myself, go back at it and sort of, you know, it doesn't have to be, 100% all the time um, and even just seeing in others like you're saying there I'll use an example of someone driving slow like if someone's been a dick to you it's a good chance that that's their own insecurities or their own issues yeah. coming through and like it's very easy to judge someone and, and like get into an argument or like you know fall out with someone or whatever so like I find this really good at you know, helping me identify within myself and with others, and then maybe being a bit more empathetic towards others, I think. Um, so I really love the labeling of it, and I find it very similar to, look, I find a lot of these self-help stuff is just the same, except written in a different format and using different words. So like The Chimp Paradox is a book that I read. I just happened to start reading it before Mara um, got on to us about the course. And I found it very similar. And the chimp paradox just basically labels your, it's like calling your saboteurs a chimp that's out of control. And then, um, you know, that is just very similar. So I find that um, I love these labeling of it. And it really simplifies really complex neurological scientific things that I wouldn't be able to understand unless it breaks down. So like, that's what I found really useful from it. Um, and I also found the app quite useful for the little two minute breaks. Yeah. So the, I, I really like the two minute breaks and <clears throat> the way the app works is it kind of stops you throughout your day. I think the first one's at 9 AM, the next one's at 12 PM and the other one's at 3 PM. So you could do this actually, you could actually just set your own alarm on your phone for those times for you to stop and set a two minute timer. And some of the exercises that we did were were really simple. Um, and I still do them. I actually did one, like I do them all the time. But I know last week, uh, last Friday, we had a wedding here. And it was like just mayhem. It was just like, it was like an 18-hour day that I pulled. And the way the work is in this house is I'm the boss, but I'm also the employee. So like I need to remember, I need to know what to do, but I also need to go and do it myself. So it's like running through the house all day, like need to do this, need to do this. And then I just stopped outside. It was actually, actually filling up or 
heating up the hot tub, which is in the forestry. So I just mm. stopped in the middle of the forest, in the, or not in the middle of the forest, in the path over. And one of the exercises is, um, is sound. And I really like the sound one because sometimes when I try to meditate, if I hear any sound, I get distracted. But the, the whole thing around this was to pay attention to sound. And it's like, so you stop mm-hmm. and you listen. And first of all, you focus or you might focus on the sound that you hear furthest away. So, the, so you're yes. very much starting to tune in to what's going on around you. So you're trying to listen to all the sounds pick the one that's furthest away and then you flip it on its back and then you try and find the sound that's closest to you, which if you're inside is normally your breath or if you're outside could be the one in your ears. So that's one of the exercises that I still do kind of every day. Mm, class. Yeah. I like the breathing, the breathing one myself. So there's a few different ones like touch. So it's like getting your hands touching, you know, and getting used to the feel of, the finer details and then there's the breathing one which i like best which is just controlling your breathing just using your breathing as an anchor which is a term so i would love to like go into more detail about the meditation stuff but neither of us are trained so i'd love to hopefully in like the next season have an actual meditation teacher on or something i think we nearly um, have next season guests like pretty much already can we just start season three please so we can get more guests on <laughs> yeah so i think it's um yeah i don't want to be doing something that i'm not qualified to do but it's a very simple thing that literally just taking 20 seconds out of your day and just listening to your breathing and it actually just calms everything down i think and i had it's that's scientifically proven to calm everything down and just refocus and stuff so that's kind of stuff that i find really useful and identifying these saboteurs really helps you understand where your mind and where your anxieties and stress and frustrations come from, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, again, like it it does, you have to be very, I guess, open-minded going into this as in like, you're going to learn the things about you that maybe aren't so positive or aren't so good. And Mm. that's, that's never easy to learn. Right. You know, we always want, want or sort of hear the good things, that we are so when you're going into this you're, you're going in with the mindset of okay i'm imperfect i don't have everything together and i want to work on it which is essentially doing the work in general um but you have to go in with that mindset knowing that you're probably going to see some things about yourself that you don't like um and that's i guess the path of personal development really anyway is becoming aware mm-hmm. of these things and then starting to work on them yeah, and it's not about being so it's called positive intelligence, but it's not about being positive about everything. Yeah, that's definitely actually that's a wee bit yeah. When I heard it first, I was like, oh, I was like, I don't want to be like that absolute sickener of positivity. <laughs> All I think I don't know why I just think of like an American person when I think of that. No offense to any Americans, listen. you know, that's sort of like, oh my god, that's amazing kind of attitude to everything because not everything is amazing definitely i'm, um, I'm thinking it's about like, instagram that always has like the inspirational quote up really <laughs> that's what i think about when i hear positive yeah. things yeah so it's not about inspirational quotes but it's just about finding sort of getting the focus within yourself to a not even a positive because it sounds wishy-washy when I'm saying that so that's why that's probably why they use the word sage 
um, but it's about refocusing and identifying them sabotage. So maybe we could give people a little bit of a challenge, Aidan, after listening to this week's episode. Um, I think we can put up the link definitely anyway for the yes. self-assessment. Um, and if anyone wants to get onto us about something that they identified that maybe um, they thought was really interesting, obviously, look, we're not psychologists. We're not trained to deal with people's problems. <laughs> we're happy to listen and definitely love hearing feedback and stuff. Um, but look, again, it comes with the caveat that professional help is always the best option for those that really need it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're really suffering, this might actually um help the suffering stop but it definitely can help those who are just curious about finding out more about themselves and how they think yeah what kind of challenge are you thinking about i'm thinking about um when we spoke to um luscious loon you know when when uh, all, all their stuff got stolen and we we did a positive intelligence course too and it's like when something bad happens what is the gift in it so I, I don't know if you want to do a challenge maybe along those lines for our listeners or had you something else in mind? Yeah, maybe even for that, can you give an example, Aidan, of something bad that happened? And how? So basically within this course, we met as six people in the group and one of, it's like a challenge and discussion each week about what we went through. So the course is quite intense in many aspects, but at the end we had that group of six of us that talked about how we thought the week went and one of them was discussing a bad thing or something that seemed bad at the start about what happened in our lives and what positive eventually came out of that or what gift so it have you an example for that yeah and actually it was so time consuming or it was so time relevant that week because i was taking i was taking on this job and the way the job works is like when there's guests here i have work and when there's not guests here i don't have work and I was looking at the diary between now and Christmas and I was like, oh, there's loads of work there for me. Like I'll be fine financially, you know, I was kind of calculating how much I would earn and how much I would be able to live off and stuff. And, um, and when I signed up to the job, then I was told that I'm not needed this week, that week and that week. And like the time that I calculated was nearly cut in half. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, this is terrible. Like I had calculated how much I could like survive on and now it's been cut in half and how, like I was like, fuck, this is not good. This is not good. Um, and then, so I started to f- try flip it onto its back and see what the positives were. And very much at the moment, we're very focused on the podcast. I'm also quite like uh, busy with coaching and trying to get that up and running again uh, more on a permanent basis. And I'm, and also I'm, I'm, doing my psychotherapy and counseling course so I was like okay so my work's sort of been cut in half which means I have all this extra time that I can allocate to the other things in my life that I want to spend my time on whereas like if it was the other way around and if I had all that work something else would have had to I would have had to give up something else so yeah that was that was yeah mine was um I had started a job in Dublin. I'd moved from Donegal to Dublin for a job and was promised a certain sort of salary and role and position, blah, blah, blah. 
and then like I was there for a few weeks and suddenly found out that actually none of that was true and it was all changed and at the time it was shite I was living in Dublin but couldn't afford to live in Dublin uh, wasn't getting any job satisfaction hated every moment of it um, and I ended up doing it I worked on a side project which was I was hoping was going to be my out and that fell apart I was like oh my god this is shite and then I eventually left that job didn't have any other job to go to left it um after about nine months ten months living in dublin and then basically spent three years after that traveling the world and um have lots of amazing stories and uh, <laughs> memories from I three years that fast the stories <laughs> I should do a, we might do a podcast on stories from students traveling adventures maybe some of the maddest stuff but um, yeah so since then I've gone to loads of countries seen the seven wonders of the world um, so there's a lot of positives that came from that but at the time Jesus it felt like it almost felt like nearly to the degree that like everything you've worked towards has just collapsed and like there was no, at the time honestly I couldn't see many positives and um, so i did write i wrote a blog on it one time and <laughs> are you a blogger? <laughs> uh, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah and then so basically i find so many positives since then looking back so sometimes it does take a bit of time yeah but maybe that's something for all you guys the link will be on uh the bio for the saboteur assessment and maybe just think for yourself something in the past of something that has gone terribly wrong, but what positives can you get out of it? Or have you got out of it? Yeah, or even that can be a plan. Something maybe is going through right now as well. It doesn't have to be necessarily the past. Yeah. Um, amazing. Yeah. Adios, amigos. Adios, amigos. Yeah. <laughs> Muy bien. Muy bien. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. And, and that is it for this week, Aiden. Any final comments? Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs>